Welcome to the final episode of season five of Find the Outside the Podcast. Tim and I are back together. Tim is back. We are wrapping up the season. I'd, I'd like to introduce myself. My name's uh, Tim Merry. I'm one of the founders of The Outside. Uh, uh, just in case any of you have forgotten me because I haven't been on the pod for a while, uh, I'm very excited to be invited back by Tuesday and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm happy to contribute uh, you know, briefly on the closing podcast of the season. That's yeah, right. Listeners, let us know if you're glad to have Tim back. If you're not, we can always make other plans. We can just cut him again. Exactly. <laughs> no, the last mini series has been absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's been really, it's, it's been, been brilliant. really fun and great to talk. I mean, I just feel like we have talked to such interesting people and it's been great to do it with Gabe um, to do that, the spotlighting on learning and evaluation. So if you haven't checked out those four, those four podcasts, please go back. They're like little mini episodes. It's a spotlight on learning and evaluation. And we have some really brilliant thinkers around evaluation. I was really quite moved by it, but now- yeah. We're back to kind of wrap up the entire season, which has also right. been, you know, like it's, you shouldn't really say your own podcast is awesome, except I feel like this season's been kind of awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and this is why we have him back audience. That's, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's for moments of inspiration like that. You know what? I don't want to depart that mini series too quickly because one, I think the idea mm. of doing a mini series has inspired how we might do the next season. So we're looking at like a series of three themes in the next season or having a theme that runs through the season. Like we loved this idea of the mini series. So I think we're really cooking on season six, folks. So stay tuned because it's going to be exciting. We're either going to run like three blocks with a theme to each block or we're going to have a theme that runs through the whole season. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to bring in like amazingly cool people. We may even bring some people back from previous seasons on particular themes. So we're pretty excited as we're beginning to like kind of rethink and reinvent, you know, because that's what we like to do uh, season six. So, so, so stay with us on that. It's been uh, the mini, the mini series, I think was a really nice experiment for us, but I think Mm -hmm. has really influenced how we go forward because it's been so successful and like, it's about learning. Yeah. And if we aren't learning, what are we doing? That's right. That's what right. What are we doing? You it know? is amazing how different these seasons have been. And I have re- I have really enjoyed this past season. I feel like we, in season four, talked to a lot of people that we know well, right? In the field, Adam Kahane, Meg, Meg Wheatley. We talked to people we know. Right. This season, we certainly had friends and colleagues but some people we didn't know nearly as well which was just great it felt really expansive it felt really i was just looking through and i was like we talked to every single person we talked to had a very different viewpoint right uh, than than what we carry all the way and then and like we're close to our work but not exactly folks like richard beard for example (gasps) yeah that's right right yeah that was cool You've been reading yeah. about him or reading his work rather. I was, I was literally on a call uh, yesterday with a client and when we were talking, you know, it's that, I think we say this a lot in our work, but this idea that you actually want to get multiple often conflicting perspectives, right? So that you can see a bigger picture that you wouldn't ever see on your own and you wouldn't ever see otherwise, you know, and that then enables you to make smarter, more strategic, more deliberate choices in your life. And it's like, 
just when you were talking about that, it's like, oh, we designed the pod a little bit like how we design our work, you know? Like we're bringing all of these different pieces in that are adjacent to or connected to our work. And it like sheds new light on things, doesn't it? It helps us see a a corner of the puzzle we hadn't seen before or how a puzzle piece might fit in. And I love that because that's literally how we host process. And in a funny way, it's ended up being how we host the pod too. Right. Yeah. This season, and for sure, that's been true for me. I feel like we talk to people and we have enough of a shared language and enough of a shared viewpoint, right? So whether it's talking with the well-being blueprint and, you know, Alex Schneider around how they're making change in the world based on well-being or Andrew Grant Thomas, which is talking about kids and race or Juanita and Tennyson talking about how they do this work. It was like enough of a shared language to to like get their work, but also really pushed me and expanded me and made me think very differently. And I hope it did for readers too. I think, you know, like there were just like pieces of every single um, podcast and I'm like, oh, I can't, I'm going to carry that with me. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. It's like they, uh, uh, you know, a piece of me was thinking about it linear, but I actually like this idea of a mosaic. I like mm-hmm. this idea of like it coming together and like uh-huh. creating some kind of picture, you know, yeah, it's not linear, yeah. is it? They kind of like, they kind of fly in from different oblique angles and then add something to your life. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I've been I've been doing this. I've been doing this own thinking for my for myself and um so, some of the people I coach. I just images has been coming really strongly to me, and it just came to me as you were doing that as well. Um, you know, some folks will know that I have a I have a devotion to a particular goddess, and I and, and uh, but but many many goddesses and many traditions have multiple arms. Yeah. Right. And I just like, well, of course, because we actually aren't holding one or two things. We're holding eight or 10 or 12, Mm. right? All at the same time. And so when I look at this season, it feels like, you know, 20 different, 22 different arms holding something. And like in some ways, then those are the pieces of the mosaic. Really, really. Years and years ago, uh, Juanita Brown, who was one of the founders of the World Cafe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she used to talk about this idea of a central garden, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a there's there's got to be some kind of central garden where all of these traditions that are working for change from somehow the f- same fundamental principles mm. or the same kind of architecture, you know, but they manifest in the world such that where's the places? Where's the place that they meet? Mm. And I feel like, a, I, you know, that it, there isn't one place. There's lots yeah. of central gardens, you know, there's yeah. lots and lots of these central gardens. And, uh, and I hope our podcast is one of those. It's one of these places where lots of these different places and practitioners and people kind of like intersect and then somehow collide and learn something and then move out again. So, and I think there's probably lots of these central gardens all over the world and in many, many different places. And, and that's, you know, that's part of how it all works, isn't it? It's mm. not, there's not like one central place that doesn't seem to be how nature functions. You know, there's just like nodes in an interconnected, interdependent web. And, and I love that. And I, and I love that we've moved away from this idea that you can see the whole picture. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can't see the whole picture because it's too big and it's too complex and it's too fast moving and it's changing too rapidly and it's too diverse and all of that's under change, you know? And uh, yeah, anyway, you know where I'm going. But I, I, I like this emphasis away from one single place or one yeah. single uh, a- approach into these. Maybe there's multiple central gardens and our pod is just one of them. And that's right. just our little way to contribute to the bigger movement in the world right now. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Because I think that people can listen to the two of us and do listen to the two of us and, you know, listen to the podcast and take some of our um, 
some of our online courses and they might be fooled to think that like, this is the way to do it. Uh -uh. <laughs> I mean, like this is the way to do change. And I'm like, well, not only do we change our thinking about the way to do change, a lot, right? And evolve mm. and learn. Oh my gosh, all the time. But it does feel like, I, I really love what you just said. I feel like the podcast this season has been a way to look at the ways that different people make change all the yeah. way from folks who are very um, rooted in the kind of the individual work, right? Mm. To folks who mm. are like, you know, or like we had Zaid Hassan, who's looking more about how you're going to change big systems as well, right? right? And how do you do that in a very different way? And so it's almost like, I hope that what we're giving is like a, a many arms or a platter of like, take, choose, choose, and don't think you're making the right choice. You're making a choice. And then you might choose something a little bit later and like, but there's, it's all kind of there up for the choosing. And I was thinking also about how much, um, even if I look at the podcast, the guests, like folks themselves are going through change, right? Yeah. You know, Big time. we, we interviewed someone, it was the last day of their job where they oh, were. Do you That's remember? Right. That's right? right. That's right. You know, some people are working in different in new configurations now. And so it's like, it's almost like a little bit of a snapshot of their work and, um, and a way in, which feels great to me. I mean, if, if, if listeners, if you've been out there and you've worked with Tuesday at all, she often says there's 76 right ways to do mm -hmm. anything, mm -hmm. you know, it's just about. And I, and I was quoting you to a, again, we were do, I've been doing a lot of design work the last couple of weeks. I was quoting you to a client saying that the other day and, 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 you know, we're going in and doing this training with a bunch of senior leaders within really, uh, large, um, medical faculty. And, uh, uh, and it's like, they don't, the emphasis isn't on becoming like Tuesday and Tim, right. the emphasis is finding your right way to go about this work you know, mm -hmm. but what are the fundamental principles in architecture that allow us to manifest in such different ways that we can still stay connected as we do it, you know, mm -hmm. and like, can we train in that fundamental stuff, right? right? Can we train in those fundamental principles? Can we train in those stances in that architecture? So as we get to work in all the like multiplicity of ways that exist in the world, we can stay connected and keep learning from each other as we do it, you know? Right. And uh, I love that. I love that. Right. And find our own unique expression and our, our unique collective expression for each different group, right? Love that. Like, yes. For sure. Every group we're working with is quite different. I've been really um, amazed. This, If I just think about this calendar year, we've, or actually if I think, yeah, this actually, if I think about a year from now, we have done sensing interviews with like three unique sets of people and they have been so wildly different. Wildly different. Right like the experience of doing the interviews, the results of the interviews, the presentation of the interviews, what people do with the results of the interviews, right? So it's like the same methodology, right? That we train in almost the same way every time, right? Has had kind of wildly different impacts and uh, expressions. And so it's really, I think there's something, you know, I'm going, I'm going back, right? To our, our common lineage, this art of hosting. It actually is an art, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really an art. And so I feel like we've brought on, you know, 15 or 16 amazing artists this year. Right. Or yeah. It's like the trainings, the, the trainings that we do, the capacity buildings that we do actually give people just enough to go practice themselves. Right. right. Don't walk out with a little textbook that tells you how to go do it because you're not actually building something technical. Right. Right. You're not 
You're not putting together a Lego model. If I think about Elliot, you know, you're not putting together a Lego model and following the steps. Like yeah. you're getting some, you're getting a suite. You're, you're getting some understanding of some basic principles. You're getting some really good maps to help you analyze and diagnose the circumstance you're in. You're getting some really good design tools, you know, and then you're getting a few methodologies, but yeah. like, don't get attached to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm disciples of World Cafe or Open Space or Future Search or whatever it is. And certainly don't think you theory is the only understanding of change or whatever it might be. It's, it is, you, you know, the, the capacity building gives people just enough so they can go find their own right. way and go deliver in their own and, and in their own context. And, you know, there's a, there is a slight warning in there, isn't it? And you were pointing at it, which is um, that can sound really individualistic, can't it? Mm-hmm. 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 It can sound very kind of um, so. It's that it is. It's the fabric underneath, isn't it? It's the connectivity between people that makes that something that serves the common good. Right, right. right. Rather than becomes me tripping out on my ego and off I go to go do something outrageously awesome, which makes me look great and like I'm now just better at it. Right. Oh. You know, and it's it's again. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just. Uh... And I'm just like really, it just feels like in some ways, like what we're talking about today goes back to some of those early things that you and I articulated, named, noticed, felt, learned through with the art of hosting community, which is like, actually, you don't have to choose, right? No. Like, you know, like it actually is about your individual expression, right? And it's for the common good. And it's a collective it's a, and that individual expression feeds into a collective expression. And there's something about, it goes back, you know, one of our most popular podcasts, did you know, this is our neutrality podcast. Interesting. Where basically we were like, we don't believe in neutrality. Stand by it. Totally stand by it. Me too. And, uh, and, and I think this is part of the lack of neutrality we have, right. Mm. Which is like, yes, your expression, uh, through this kind of principles, methodologies, practices, connection of learning toward the common good, right? I don't think either one of us tend to work with people, like either in our individual coaching or in our, our work together, right? Mm. As the outside, we mm. don't do work that isn't actually about advancing the common good. No. Which would no, be- Not interested. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, not no. Me and either. also, if you think about the teaching or the, the, the teaching or the training that we're giving, like one of the core messages is understand the need. Right. Right. Even if you're looking at shared work, it's like, right. why aren't we doing vision? Why? I mean, the root of shared work is understand the need, right? Build a shared understanding of need and get to work. Right. Right. You know what I mean? In the chaotic stepping stones, the first step is understand the need. Understand your own need. Right. Like right. know yourself. Yeah. Right. But also understand the needs in the world and the community and the people and the built and natural environment around you, like understand those needs and then design your work around. Like it's almost like a fundamental tenet, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's that reconnection to yourself and that reconnection to the world around you that helps you deliver something that um, is actually helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit of a tangent, but I just really felt it when you when you talked about understanding the need and like this idea that you have need and other people have needs and, you know, like the, the, the space you're working in has needs, the issue has needs. Right. And I was just thinking about our interview with bio Akamalafe. And mm. one of the things that he says, um, and actually I don't, 
I'm just not recalling if he actually said in the interview, I feel like maybe he did. But one of the things he said is um, the enemy of my ancestor is all also my ancestor. Mm. Right. And I just been thinking about that a lot about, um, you know, there isn't a place where understanding needs doesn't also mean looking at our needs at the needs of those who we identify as with us, but also the needs of those we identify as enemies or against us or whatever language or different from us or whatever it might mean, right? We're still in this whole ecosystem of need. We kind of ignore that at our peril. I think I think we see the ignoring of the needs of our, and I'm going to use the word enemies with quotes, we see that right now in the US and our political system, right? It's like you only get to consider the needs of your side or your party or, you know what I mean? And what's happening is we're getting further and further apart, right? In all of our collective work and it's failing. It's failing all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is. There's, um, I'm, I'm in a piece of work right now and, and, uh, there's a major change happening um, within this organization we're working with. And, uh, um, and, and it's kind of classic in the terms of our experience of, you know, you've got some, you've got some founders who like founded the organization under one premise. So in their brain, mm -hmm. they're trying to get the organization back to when totally. it was awesome. Yes. They're trying to get it back to when it was awesome. Like yeah. that period of founding yeah. and the principles and the drivers and the center of it, you know, yeah. and yet the movement of the organization and the staff and the incoming leadership yeah. who are bringing a lot of the energy at the moment, they're actually building something entirely totally new different. that is really viable. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it's fundamentally different than that, what it was there before. That's and right. so you've got these founders in some ways, um, uh, uh, you know, Dominant systems are built for self-preservation is something you and I say a lot, you know, but it's like these founders are actually kind of like beginning to push back against the kind of change and be like, what? We're going to engage people around what, you know? And, uh, and I had this lovely call this morning because it, it would be easy to want to fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this lovely coaching call this morning with a, well, one of the kind of like incumbent senior leaders just talking about the amount of empathy they had. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and it was like oh and he was just because and we had we had our coaching earlier in the week and just saying like how much that had like like turning up onto those conversations with like empathy and kindness had removed the wind out of the sails of the founders yeah kind of defensiveness and aggression yeah that's right you know and like and, and like and how quickly in the past it had, it had devolved into a battle and how now just this morning, they were saying it, it changed. Like the, there's yeah. something about the wind went out of the sails of the conflict. That's great. You know? That's great. And I think that's what you're pointing at, you know, like as we go through these seismic changes mm -hmm. in our communities, in our families, in our organizations, in our nations, in our environment, you know, I just, I, you know. I, I can't see how we're going to do it in conflict with each other. I don't know how we're going to navigate it. I just think right. this, the suffering just goes through the roof. Right, right. And we, we we keep pretending, you know, if we go back to that, you know, the two loops model, we keep pretending when we built the new system as if it's just new, as if it yeah. isn't composting the old system, right? Yeah. As if that founder DNA will not be in everything they do going forward because that's yeah. actually what's true, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there is something about being with like, 
what is and what's real and being willing to kind of like turn a gaze of empathy. I think that's a great word, you know, understanding empathy, compassion, openness, kindness, um, mm -hmm, right. Yeah. To actually move it all forward. But when the past system has been so hard and horrific, I think it's, and it's not the case with this particular client. That's not what we're saying. No, 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 no. But, um, but, but we can look at this when we talk about issues of equity, when we talk about mm. those structures that I've kept in, um, have, have structured us apart in so many ways of difference. We can look at the past system with like great hurt and anger and, yeah. um, and just want to be done with it. Right. Yeah. Burn it down to start again. Um, yeah. and it's true. Forest fires happen. Right. But those, yes, they you know, do. It's, it's, yeah. Right. And it's not that new growth can't happen. It's not that they're, but actually it's still in the same system. Even if a forest burns or forest fire burns every to the ground, everything that sprouts up is still actually Right. From that same system, right? And oh, so, like, I love that Tuesday. How yeah. do we begin to actually work with that knowledge instead of like pushing it away and pretending something else is true? Because we don't want it to be true. We don't mm. like that, or we feel anger, or we feel hurt, or we've been mm. humiliated by the mm. past system. Mm. It's not. It's not a. It's not a question of acceptance of the impacts of the past system. It's actually an acknowledgement of the influence and and that that's actually the reality that we're working with today mm. and so how do yeah, we move right. from what's real yeah that's right and like detoxifying yeah, yeah. like it's all gonna pour in whatever happens mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and um summer's here it's finally arrived in nova scotia despite oh. <laughs> uh, six weeks of rain a deluge oh my gosh wildfires uh -huh. You mentioned the wildfires. Mm -hmm. We're here down the road from my house, and uh, and then now we've we've just had like by July sixth we had had fifty percent of the rainfall for July average you know national average. Oh June was three times the average, or four times. It was something ridiculous. Anyway, it's just been full on, you know. But it's actually the sun is shining today, and uh, so and this is our last pod. So let's look ahead to the summer a little bit. But mm. before we look ahead to the summer, I'd, I'd like to compliment you on the beautiful dress you're wearing today. <laughs> we were just talking about how glad we are this is in a video podcast. But I do sort of wish the listener could see this dress. It is an amazing turquoise dress with red and orangish, beautiful print flowers and vines that I got from Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Tuesday just went Euro railing. I did. <laughs> We took my son for his 18th birthday trip, although he's 20 now because it was still COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And we had decided uh, that we wanted to take him on a big trip for his 18th birthday. We had some we had some tickets uh, left over from when COVID happened. And so we took him. He is uh, completely into all sorts of transportation, specifically trains are his favorite, have been since he was a little boy. I remember. And Exactly. So Gibran and I took him on a Eurorail trip and had the best time. We went to Berlin, Paris, and Barcelona. And nice. it was amazing. It was just so good. It was so good. It was so good to be with him. And, you know, we we um, actually uh, handed over transportation to him. We're like, you figure it all out. And he was oh, thrilled. God, that's so cool. Right? He just, he just figured it all out. He would tell I us where it. to go. We didn't have to think about it. I mean, I did the activities in the cities. I figured that out. But he always got us there. So I love it. Yeah. So... Uh -huh. Barcelona, Paris, and Berlin. Yep. Yeah. Three remarkably different cities. Whoa. 
so different. Right, like different different styles, cultures. I mean, everything. Like you know, talk yeah. about three really different cities. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, one is better than the other. <laughs> you know, let's just be honest. Let's be honest. We all know that 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 one's one's better. Which one did you find better? Well, now, this, listener, I'm going to predict Tuesday's now going to say they were all very different and you can't compare them. It's like having children. Oh my gosh. This is what happens when you've been friends for 17 years. <laughs> you get the wind out of your sails because you can't say the thing you were going to say. Um, so a couple of things. What I would say is they were all very, very different. I mean, like without a doubt. And there was a rhyme, right? They're on the Ooh. same continent, right? Like, so like, of course. you know, Berlin and Paris felt like, I mean, they all had a rhyme, but like Paris is kind of like in between, right? So you could see Mm. some things that were similar from Berlin to Paris and then some things that were similar from Paris to Barcelona, right? So it was really interesting to, um, to be in that rhyming because I'm, you know, I was born and raised in North America. So it really Mm. did feel, um, you could see the rhyme. I do. I can't, I said before we left, I'm like, I can't pick a favorite. I can't even pick where I had the best food. I I knew coming into the podcast that Tuesday wasn't going to pick a favorite. Yeah. I was just trying to, it's just like, there was such good things about every single place. There were such great things. They're amazing. I'm so happy you got to visit. Anything really surprised you about being in Europe versus being in North America? Is there anything that just kind of like in, in whatever way, just mm-hmm. surprised you, you know, as a North American traveling through Europe mm-hmm. with your fiance and your son. Like yeah. What? Yeah. Um, a cu- I think a couple of things. Um, one was the friendliness. I just, mm. it just felt like people were friendly and you hear that mm. Paris is not, and you hear it. And there were different levels of friendliness, of course, but like if we needed help, we got help very easily. Like people oh. were just kind every place we went we had we experienced real kindness from people Mm. every single city and so that was beautiful and great and you know sometimes i think that i have a bit of a pollyanna view of places because we go and work with such good people right right? and so i have a little bit of a narrative like oh i don't know that i always know what a place is like because i just go and work with the really great people who want to make change (laughs) and care about people you know but you know, my experience was that we had, we experienced a lot of kindness on the trip. So that was one thing that was a little surprising, even though maybe it shouldn't have been. And then, um, the other thing that was just, I was just aware of was the depth of history in the places. Right. So one of the things we did every city, the first thing we did was take a guided bike tour. So we could see a lot of the city and hear a little bit, get an overview of the city and like, see where places were and just get some sense. Right. So we took it like a three or four hour bike tour in every city, like the first day we got there just to kind of cool. understand it a little bit more because we only had two and a half days in every city, right. You weren't going to be able to do all the things. Nope. So w- what struck me was even Berlin was like, we're a new city. We're a new city. We're a new city. But like, of course that's new city has quite a different context in Europe than in the U S right. right. <laughs> so, so right. the, the, the depth of history, you know what I mean? Things were hundreds and hundreds of years old, right. You know, we went to see the Paris catacombs, right. And it was like, mm. Oh, it was like 160 years ago that like they put those bodies from centuries before into the catacombs, you know, it's just like the, mm. the amount of history was, was quite, I just, I don't live in that place. I don't live in a place right. that has that kind of um, known and honored 
history. I mean, of course, there have been people on these lands forever, but that was, you know, there was genocide of those people, right? And then, you know, kind of a wholesale kind of recreation on on top. And so I really was moved um, by the the depth of history and the knowledge of history, Mm. right? Like they could talk about it. People could talk about it. They could talk about, you know, like in in Barcelona, of course, right? Like, you know, Mm. there's a Catalan history. And so, you know, so that was great. Right. And oh, one last thing, one last thing. Yeah. And the other Love thing it. that was amazing to me is because, of course, there were these beautiful buildings and monuments and like arc, arcs. And, you know, like that was just like it's just like the marvel of engineering, like La Sagrada Familia and Barcelona was like breathtaking. And the engineering that was like, can you believe that people can do this? Like, can yeah. you do this? Like, that's amazing. And then today I went for a run in my little forest right? Mm. Just my little place that I go several times a week. And I just like look down and it's, it's full on summer here. So it's very green and very lush. And I just happen to look at like a, a little swath beside a pond. And like, there are all these different plants and all these different, like, like the rocks. And I just was like, I was just struck by like, I was just feeling really moved by the kind of like what people can create. And then I went to my little park and I was like, and it is like no less majestic than all of these like plants along the pond and how they overlap with each other and how they feed each other and how they're supporting each other and the bugs and the beetles and the snakes and the worms. And the I just like, you know, like we do amazing things as human beings. And like, then you just go to your park and like, yep. And that's like in its own way equally beautiful and majestic so oh well Tuesday I think that's a lovely place to end that Mm. reflection thanks great thank you thank you thank you for this season it's great I've had a great time thank you podcast listeners you're Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. it is such a gift to be able to turn up in your ears in your life as as we do and be part of your world and and uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us if you've got ideas for season six, um, especially as we're beginning to really explore themes that could roll Ooh, through the podcast. And right. so don't, 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 don't hold out reaching, out reaching out to us. I know that generally people just like to listen. They just want to listen. But if you, you know, find a moment where you're in front of a keyboard. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Right? And, um, you know, some of our, some of our leadership cohort folks have like sent us possible interviews, like sent Mm. those to us. And, you know, I forgot to mention, we talked about this right before on one of the train trips I was on. I met someone who listened to the podcast. So cool. Right. So I, where were you traveling from to you're traveling from Berlin to Paris. We were traveling from Paris. Yeah. From Frankfurt to Paris is that was the train. Frankfurt to Paris. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so just kind of randomly, I met someone who like been sent, our podcast interviews. And so, you know, we would, and that was so delightful and so thrilling. And so like, please just drop us a note. Tell us if you have ideas, tell us what you like, tell us who we could talk to. We're totally up for it. We are up for it. Yeah. Take care, my friends. Have a lovely summer, however you celebrate it. Or actually, if you're listening in another part of the world and it's not summer, whatever season you're in, enjoy it go look at those go look at those plants down by a pond like tuesday was saying um a lot to teach us and uh, we'll see you again at the beginning of season six come the fall bye-bye